In today's highly competitive mortgage industry, building profitable relationships with real estate agents is essential for success. However, finding effective ways to secure agent relationships can be a challenge. With so many mortgage loan originators vying for the attentions of real estate agents, it can be difficult to stand out and establish meaningful connections. Our new case study featuring loan officer Chris Coghill is a must read. Chris has closed a remarkable 36 million in funded loans from agent referrals. And in this case study, he shares his proven strategies for building strong relationships with real estate agents and leveraging those relationships to drive more business. To get your hands on this resource, head over to locasestudy.com and download your free copy of the case study today. You'll find actionable insights and practical tips that Chris used to close 36 million in funded loans from agent referrals and how you can too. Don't miss out. Go check it out right now. Visit locasestudy.com and download your free copy today. Welcome to Mortgage Marketing Radio, brought to you by the Mortgage Marketing Institute, your number one source for truth in mortgage marketing. Hey, listeners, what's up? This is Jeff Zimfer. Welcome to this episode of Mortgage Marketing Radio Podcast. So glad you've tuned in. Happy New Year if uh, you've not heard the sound of my voice in the month of January 2020, but welcome to a new year, a new decade. And if you're back, I'm glad you're back. If you're here for the first time and you're liking what you're hearing, hey, would you do us a favor? Leave us a review wherever you're listening to this podcast. It always helps us get feedback uh, and, and, and tell us what you're learning. What's the benefit you're getting from listening to the podcast? Here's the latest podcast shout out from Brittany Gag. Hey, Brittany, what's up? Uh, Brittany, I appreciate you leaving a podcast. Um, here's what she says. Best loan officer podcast. Jeff never fails at delivering great content, interviewing the best loan officers and branch managers in the business. This podcast is unmatched. Wow, thank you. Every single episode has a takeaway that can be implemented in anyone's business plan. I've connected with a handful of top producers through the show that have become good friends now. This is my number one go-to podcast, and it should be yours too. Thank you, Jeff, for pouring your heart into helping others succeed and connect. Thank you, Brittany. As you know, I'm a fan of yours. And if you haven't got your podcast swag yet, hit me up on the Facebooks, message me, let me know your uh, t-shirt size, mailing address, and we'll get you off the podcast swag box. New t-shirts, new logo coming for 2020. And by the way, as a heads up, in case you guys didn't know, be on the lookout for a couple of things I've got coming that I'm really excited about. Number one is I'm launching a new weekly live show. We're changing the title of the podcast. It is going to now be Mortgage Marketing Live. And uh, if you're watching, you can see my little mic flag that I've got here, this big square that's now taken up residence over my microphone. We'll see how this thing plays out. But uh, I'm changing up the format of the show a little bit. Uh, we're still going to be interviewing, obviously, successful producers, uh, but also we're going to be diving deep into some other relevant topics um, that you, the audience, the listener, have told me you want to learn more about around the uh, umbrella, under the umbrella of marketing, digital marketing. Uh, online off marketing, that kind of stuff, but going uh, Facebook live uh, once a week, uh, also streaming that over to YouTube. And then once I get the approval from LinkedIn, it'll be streaming on LinkedIn as well. I don't know what's taking so long, but I know some people that are huge players with huge video presence that still haven't gotten approved for LinkedIn live video. I think it's completely random. Anyways, uh, look for that to come more announcements about that to come as well. And uh, look for Coming soon, the release of the new book, Disrupt or Die, How to Survive and Thrive, the Digital Real Estate Shift for both real estate agents and mortgage professionals, and uh, a great opportunity for you to team up and maybe, uh, if you're uh, down for it, do some co-branding uh, together with the book. So that'll be coming your way soon. And then lastly, before I forget, as always, our episode is sponsored by the Mortgage Marketing Pro membership, where you can go deep and wide, reach more agents in less time, have more success, get more referrals through teaching agent classes and lots of other self-paced module uh, tutorials and uh, learning modules in there for you to become a modern mortgage originator. Mortgagemarketing.pro is where you can check it out. Soon to be uh, released here in 2020. 
and uh, you can go there to learn more. So, all right, without further ado, let's talk about this week's episode, this show. We recorded this um, before the holidays, so um, it's, uh, you know, I'm glad I'm able to finally release it. We did have a few technical difficulties with the audio, so we kind of just jump right into the conversation. You'll hear me jumping right into the conversation with uh, two, two guests. Uh, number one is Michael McAllister, who is the uh, founder of Empower Funnels. And what they specialize in is generating leads for you, the mortgage loan originator, using Google pay-per-click ads. So I wanted to do this episode for some time because I think it's important for, if you're talking about lead gen, Facebook gets a lot of the love. We've got to make sure we look at Google pay-per-click ads. And we're going to talk about the differences and why you might want to consider one over the other. Um, so, And Michael, by the way, is a former mortgage originator who struggled with uh, lead gens firsthand and has created this um, company Empower Funnels that is helping loan officers create high intent based qualified leads uh, to grow their mortgage business. And I wanted to have Michael on because I've heard about Michael uh, over, gosh, the past year now. And uh, I know he's worked with uh, multiple companies that include like Caliber, Movement, uh, uh, Fairway, Geneva. Shout out to Emmett. Thanks for. Uh, giving me some insights into uh, Michael and his company. And then, of course, our special guest that we have on, I brought a loan officer on that is a client of Michael, so you can hear directly from a loan officer how he's leveraging Google pay-per-click to generate leads and not only like you know originate loans, but also utilize to those leads to then partner with real estate agents. And uh, our special loan officer guest is Brett, Brent Vandergrind, uh, Sodak Home Loans out of uh, Sioux Falls, South Dakota. So I think you'll enjoy the conversation. You'll learn a lot about lead gen, what Google pay-per-click ads are, how they differ from Facebook, and um, do they have a potential place for you in your business? Well, that's for you to decide. Uh, but without further ado, let's get into this week's show. I was able to do that by simply you know, asking for some connections of some real estate agents, had my list of, of uh, you know, those I wanted to talk to, um, Michael's system got me a bunch of leads in, in Minnesota, uh, which is another state we're licensed in. And we started handing these out. And, you know, when you hand them a lead and it's pre-approved and they just have to go show them homes and, and close it, uh, you start getting that, you know, reciprocated business right back to you. So it, it was huge. Um, I don't know how to quantify that necessarily without really diving into some more of our numbers, but when you can hand an agent you know, a loan, it doesn't matter where you're located. Uh, you hand them a loan, they're probably going to want to keep that relationship going. So um, it, it's really, you know, kind of flipped the scripts uh, for what we've always done and, and how easy it was to get in with some of these uh, agents in different markets. So, Okay. Um, all right. So we didn't really prep you for this in terms of numbers or whatnot. And again, you don't have to share anything you're not comfortable sharing, but I'm naturally curious then because you, you just kind of articulated how you can, you're leveraging the paper, paper click to generate uh, opportunities for real estate agents. That's awesome. It helps solidify relationships there, um, create new conversations. Um, can you give us a sense of like ROI, return on ad spend, whatever, you know, in terms of like the average investment you're making? Um, uh, and just to, because the, that's the big curiosity factor. People want to know, yeah. like, you know what I'm saying? Well, yeah. And I had this, um, you know, some other systems I had tried look back at the end of the year and it's, you know, I spent X amount of dollars, which is outrageous. And we closed just enough to make it break even. Well, when you calculate your time that you're spending on that, you're, you're really losing quite a bit of money. So uh, for us, and I know Michael will hit on this as well, our, uh, our ROI, we've got a lot of room for improvement just because we've scaled it up relatively quickly. And I think we're leaving a lot uh, on the table there, but uh, for rough numbers, Jeff, uh, we're looking at anywhere from between maybe 500 to a thousand dollars that we spend on, uh, you know, empower uh, the, the ad spend itself, our follow-up systems for every thousand, we'll even say a thousand dollars for every thousand dollars we spend uh, if we're bringing in $5,000 in revenue, which is roughly our, you know, our uh, income per loan. If we've got a way to have that kind of automated and uh, we've got the people in place, it, it makes total sense for us. Now, that's not our goal. We would like to see that number down to about $500 uh, for every 500 we spend. We have a loan, you know, spit out at the end. Um, there's things we're, we're doing to kind of improve that, but it's, it's definitely a good starting point and it's, uh, it's profitable. So. Hmm. Okay. Nice. I like that. Now, um, and Michael, don't, I appreciate your patience, right? We'll get to you in a second or whenever you feel it's right for you to jump in. But, um, and, and this might be the, the, the time because people listening to this, right? 
as I'm sure you're well aware, Michael, um, you know, Facebook gets all the love uh, or the, you know what I mean? The attention, at least in our industry, um, yeah. there's a lot more noise, if you will, about running Facebook ads and all that kind of stuff. Um, and it sounds like, uh, Brent, you might've spent some time and money on Facebook ads yeah. before, before uh, coming to Michael. Definitely, definitely spent my fair share. <laughs> what, what's a couple of things that are very apparent about the differences, either about the types of leads generated or the ROI or whatever, what really stands out about the key differences? So I think a lot of the, uh, and I'm not going to you know, say every Facebook uh, ad or course is bad, but what I experienced was it's easy to get people to click on a, a link and you can talk about, hey, we, we'll get you a, a thousand leads for you know pennies uh, per lead. But um, with Michael's system, they're a lot more intent driven. So they're filling out a long form. They've Googled you know key phrases regarding buying a home or needing a mortgage where a lot of the Facebook stuff, at least in my experience, was, you know, they happened to click on something and before they knew it, they had gotten on our list. And uh, a lot of them were uh, probably poorly qualified, I guess I would say. Um, you know, they might have been intrigued by poor credit, okay, or no down payment available. Those aren't really, you know, the loans we're looking for. Um, the stuff we're seeing on Michael's side, they're a lot more uh, um, ready to buy a home. They're farther down, you know, the process, maybe farther down in the funnel, you might say. and uh, what we're running into is maybe they've already talked to their local bank or another mortgage company and we're competing for that, which is okay. Um, they're still exclusive leads to us. So that's great. Uh, but they're definitely interested in buying a home. They, for the most part, know why they're, they're being contacted. Mm. Okay. So Michael, you want to expand on that? Cause I understand the, you know, the concept of higher intent. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, uh, I've, I'll, I'll always defer to, to Brent, obviously. And, and uh, I think it's great that, uh, you've got him on here answering some of these questions, but, um, when it comes to Facebook versus Google, um, that's like one word, right? A one word summary of the difference is going to be that word of intent. I mean, at the end of the day, the problem that you face on Facebook is that uh, buying a home is the American dream. Everybody wants to buy a home at some point. Now, whether or not somebody has positioned themselves to be able to legitimately inquire and see what's required next to like what the next steps are to buying a home. That's the question that's going to determine their level of intent. So on Facebook, you run into this challenge where you can target, you can try and target people that are within, um, within their buying window, but Facebook makes that harder and harder constantly. Facebook has made it pretty clear that they don't like mortgage advertising and more like, um, and, and the reason why is because if, mortgage advertisement, advertising, fair lending laws, that's really where a lot of the hot water that they've landed in, um, aside from obviously your Cambridge Analytica scandal or whatever, but that's where a lot of their hot water uh, has come from in their advertising space, which is why you'll find it's getting harder and harder and they're constantly removing your targeting metrics. You used to be able to target likely to move. You can't do that anymore. You kind of have to create your own audiences and stuff. Um, so anyways, as good as you can get with targeting, it's never going to replace finding somebody who is searching for that for questions or answers to their questions right here and right now. So how much house can I qualify for? How much down payment do I need on a $400,000 house? Or what's the minimum credit uh, credit score requirement for a conventional loan? Because they heard from their buddy that FHA loans are bad for whatever reason. Like there are uh, hundreds and hundreds of thousands of people that are searching for this stuff every single day. And yet we've got a lot of marketers on Facebook trying to, uh, trying to stimulate engagement or trying to manufacture intent with buzzwords or flashy graphics and stuff like that. Um, and it, it's the, the problem that you run into with Facebook is that you have, um, if your ads are too enticing, you're going to have low quality leads. If your ads aren't enticing enough, you're not going to get enough lead conversion. So it, it, it just, it's, it's, uh, it's a tough game to play for sure when you're not setting up camp where people that are in your target market are searching. Hmm. Do you think the path to... Um you know, loan app in our case, mortgage or path to actually transacting on purchase, purchasing a home is, uh, it's a longer path to get there on Facebook versus somebody doing a Google search or is it similar? 
Uh, no, I, th- I think it's definitely longer. I, I, I've talked to a lot of people. I mean, I've been doing this for a couple of years now. And as a loan officer previously, I was uh, generating Facebook leads and Google leads myself. Um, but pretty much consensus from when I talk to somebody that's, that's converting on Facebook, it's really hard for them to quantify an average purchase window because the intent wasn't there in the first place. So uh, on the, by, you know, if on an off chance you generate somebody that's highly qualified, there's typically a reason that they haven't been searching for it, which is why they clicked on your ad and weren't searching on Google. Um, and so for that reason, yeah, we, we quantify our conversions with our customers within a four-month window only. So anything outside of a four-month window is gravy. That's awesome. We'd love to see our customers convert that, but that's usually more a testament to their follow-up abilities than it is to our lead gen. And so when we're looking at conversions, we are only interested in how many of these leads are converting inside that four month window from when the lead was generated. Hmm. Okay. And, and what is, I know it varies quite a lot, but um, is there an average conversion ratio um, on a Google versus Facebook? Yeah. I mean, the, the, the variations are going to be are going to be wild, and so what I would say is that somebody who's bought into the to the system that that we implement because we control so many variables through automated follow up and conversion coaching and um, stuff like that. And I think Brent can can speak to what his numbers are like, but um, two to four percent is what we would expect to see. Um, so we have some customers that have seen upwards of five percent for an extended period of time, but those guys are typically spending the minimum recommended ad spend and just going all in on it to get those, you know, five deals, three to five deals that they're looking to get um, versus somebody who wants to scale it up a little bit and use it as just a supplement in their business is going to see more like that two to 3% range. Um, and, and some of our customers have even seen less than that. I think Brent, when we first, uh, when we first talked about increasing his ad spend, um, you know, probably a year ago, uh, he was looking at like one and a half to 2%. And, and when we talked, there was a lot more interest in how do I scale this up? Then how do I get a higher percentage of conversion? Uh, because that's just what made sense to his business model. So different loan officers are going to have different ideas for that. Some loan officers are all about scale. How big can I blow this up? And those guys are going to be more comfortable with a lower conversion rate, which will lead to them focusing their activities on on things that are lower conversion, higher scale, uh, whereas some loan officers want to squeeze every last last penny that they can out of their marketing dollars they've invested and are going to focus their activities that way and see a higher conversion rate. I should ju- jump in there too quick, Jeff, on the, uh, the conversion part of it, because um, we spent a lot of time before we had talked to Michael and implemented some automation where I had a uh, a loan partner on my team, he was physically calling every one of these leads every single night before he left, he would, you know, hit the phones and it was, it was definitely a, a burnout type of a situation. So my recommendation is you need to hundred percent need to automate the initial follow-up. And I know Michael would set that up for, for anyone listening. Um, but you automate the initial follow-up and then when they engage with you, uh, you know, that's where you customize and, and spend your time trying to convert them from, asking questions to taking an application to obviously closing their loan. So mm. um, we've done a lot of the automated follow-up on our end. You know, Michael's uh, hit on that too. Our, our uh, pull-through rate could be higher, but we don't want to spend man hours working internet leads. You know, that's really not, not what we're about. So um, only talking to people that want to talk to us has been huge. Um, we've implemented some videos um, where we've had some kind of uh, evergreen or can type responses based on the parameters uh, they fill out on the lead form that goes out to them. Um, you know, the appearance is that we've spent a lot of time analyzing their form when in reality we recorded, you know, maybe 30 videos one time and it, the system just kind of reads what to send out. So video has been huge, um, you know, putting video in there, customizing what we can, knowing your numbers on that, and then just uh, automating what you can. So so what's the, again, back to, I guess, the timeline question, right? Um, I, I know we've kind of touched on this with the Facebook thing in that it's, you know, Facebook is an intent based. Nobody really goes on Facebook to search for homes. It just happens to show up in their feed or somebody buys a home, their friend or whatever, you know what I mean? All that stuff. Um, wh- what is the the kind of average timeline you see on somebody, right? Clicking on your Google PPC ad, getting into your funnel, um, and again, I know for things vary, but in general, right. I mean, we're looking at like 90 days, four months. Is that why you have that window there? 
I was going to say right at about 90 days, if, if I had to guess, and I don't have the numbers in front of me, but we'll get the ones that are, uh, they found a property they need to get pre-approved, you know, they're going right away. We've got others that are, you know, four to six months, we end up closing them, but really that 90 days, correct me if I'm wrong, Michael, but that's kind of how you measure a lot of that too, or maybe 120 days, but it's uh, on 90, I would say it would be the average for what we're seeing. Yeah, and I, I, I ask that because what, from what I hear from people I've talked to on the Facebook side is, and, then, and we kind of talked about this, but it's quite a bit longer um, on the face. And I, I don't know, does it all come back to intent? I personally, I think that's exactly what it boils down to. I mean, it, like some of it's going to be intent and then some of it's going to be uh, quality of quality of the leads. I mean, at, at the end of the day, and what I mean by that is like their, their qualifications, right? Their, um, so it, which also can be kind of tied into intent as well. I mean, it all kind of ties together. Um, but on Facebook, uh, like I said, if, if you generate somebody that does qualify, well, the intent wasn't there in the first place versus, versus if you generate that lead on Google and they do qualify, they're hot they're ready to go i think brent can speak to us uh, to this like he said i mean you're never going to get a lead on facebook where they've identified a property and they're looking to get pre-approved that's never going to happen on facebook because that's not because and i mean i shouldn't say never maybe one in a million chance of that happening because they run across the right ad at the right time whereas what we see on the google side we see fisbo situations all the time where somebody will uh somebody is renting a home from their land landlord and their landlord tell them that they're going to put it on the market, but that they want to give them first dibs. And so the first thing they're doing is going to Google to find out how much house they can qualify for to see if they can buy it. They click on our ad, the loan officer responds, they figure out they can get approved and they're submitting an offer two days later. Uh, that's just not something, th- those kind of scenarios, while they're not extremely common, they're going to bring down that average ter- average close time quite a bit. Um, and those are the types of scenarios that like I said, I mean, barring, barring some crazy statistical anomaly, you're just not going to see on Facebook. What are the types of ads that you're seeing that are working on Google or, and, or are you choosing the ad uh, copy based on the type of client you want to attract? To be honest with you, we go pretty generic with with the ads. We're not like I mean, we will run some experiments where, um, for example, we have a client that spent that, um, claims to be a VA loan specialist, right? And so he'll close any loan, but he really likes VA loans. I think there's a lot of loan officers out there that would say the same thing. Um, so we'll run some VA related ads in his in his account to supplement or or even to prioritize over the existing ads that we're running. Um, but the thing is, is what we've been able to identify is that even even companies like Veterans United, who specialize, who, who market 100% of veterans, and I don't even know if they write loans aside from VA loans, if we type in how much house can I afford on Google, Veterans United will typically show up in the top four with an ad that has nothing to do with VA loans whatsoever. Mm. And so when, when we look and we see stuff like that, we see that the more general approach of just positioning ourselves to answer whatever question that they asked on Google is the most effective way to generate the lead. So again, that question almost always is going to revolve around specific qualification questions um, or general qualification questions. So specific would be down payment, credit score, income, et cetera. And people are literally typing in to Google, I make $90,000 a year and have a 670 credit score. How much house can I qualify for? We see those types of searches all the time. In fact, 95% of the leads that we generate are one and done as far as search terms go, meaning they're unique searches that have never been searched before and come through our lead funnel. Um, and so, so for, for example, that one-off, I make $90,000 a year and have a 674 credit score or whatever, how much do I qualify for? Well, we may have one lead that searched that specifically and, and nobody will ever search that exact search term ever again. They'll just search some other variation of it. And so when we see that that's the trend and when we see that that's the case, we know that our best bet is to position our ads as, hey, here's a resource for you to get your mortgage questions answered, or here's a resource for to how much as for you to see how much house you can qualify for or how much house you can comfortably afford. Yeah. So are you deciding who to serve your ad up to based on the you know keywords, the search terms that they punch in? 
Yeah, so uh, more so more so the opposite, actually. What we're doing is we're casting a pretty broad, a pretty wide net. But what we do is every month we're – well, more often – than that uh, up to this point, but now we've got it dialed in pretty good to where we're doing it once a month or so. We're going back and we're reviewing the search terms that led to leads, and we're making sure that we use what Google calls negative keywords to identify keywords that we absolutely do not want to show up in our searches. So that way is what allows it, that doing it that way is what allows us to capture all of those one-off like crazy search terms that you would never be able to identify specifically. I want somebody who searches for this mm-hmm. by casting a broader net and then just making sure that we kick out, for example, we have a negative keyword for every credit score under 580. So we literally ru- we literally went from 300 to 579 and included every single number in that range as a negative keyword. So that if somebody searches, I have a 560 credit score, how much house can I qualify for? Our clients' ads aren't showing up for that. Mm. So, so negative keyword management. I mean, we have a list of over a thousand negative keywords where we've said if the keyword, if the search includes this, even if it pertains to what we're bidding on, we don't want to be in contention for it. And I think that's a big part of what allows us to be super competitive uh, on the Google search side is that actively managed uh, strategy where we're identifying the words that we absolutely do not want to include instead of trying to guess and poke and stab at the words that people are searching for. Sure. Plus those are lower cost to get those as well, right? Yes. Because they're less competitive. Like if you said earlier, like if I'm going to search for how much house can I afford, that's one of the most competitive search terms there are. Right. So right. the odds of us winning that as an as a average Joe LO, we're not going to beat the uh, Veterans United of the world or the others. Well, yes and no. I mean, we definitely see a lot of volume coming through there. We just we just have to pay more for that volume, yeah. which means if our average lead cost is seven fifty to ten bucks a lead, that might be a keyword that is a good high intent keyword. But we're paying twelve to thirteen bucks a lead for it instead. Google, there's a there's a really common misconception when it comes to Google that Google's just selling ads to the highest bidder, but that's that's really it's not the case. Google has become the number one search engine in the world not by pandering to the highest bidder, but by but by being obsessed with user search experience. And so part of that is rotating ads, getting local ads in when you've got national companies like Quicken Loans and LendingTree bidding on a national campaign. If we can manage an individual campaign at the South Dakota level, well, we're automatically going to be more competitive for that than a Quicken Loans or a Veterans United, all else equal. Um, so so there's a lot of factors that go into that. I, I wouldn't say, I, I mean, you're really common I like your really common high cost keywords are going to be like uh, mortgage rates today or something like that. But a lot of that comes from a misunderstanding of what user search experience is and not because there's so many people bidding on those keywords. It, it more has to do with restricted search volume, uh, meaning lower, pe- less people searching for those keywords than it does uh, more people bidding for those keywords, if that makes sense. Yeah, I, I'm curious how much of your targeting is based on local. Like, you know, what I'm reading is that the growth of near me, people adding that to search terms is really exploding. And I'm wondering, like, if, if it's a near, like, Sioux Falls or whatever, are you guys incorporating that in your strategy? So uh, the the way that we the way that we limit locality, it doesn't necessarily have to do with the user's search so much as it has to do with their actual location. So at the so, moment they're searching based on like exactly. IP address or geolocating. Yep. Yep. Exactly. And the reason why is because like the near me thing, for example, well, yeah, if somebody's looking to, if somebody is looking to uh, work at it or start working out at a gym and sign up for a new gym membership, well, they're going to add near me to their search, obviously. Right. Well, 10 to 15 years ago, if somebody had mortgage-related questions, they might search best mortgage lenders near me or best mortgage lenders in Sioux Falls, South Dakota. They might search for something like that. Whereas nowadays, we live in an age, I call it the age of WebMD, where people are more interested in having their symptoms diagnosed online than they are actually talking to a doctor, which is why those keywords like mortgage lenders or best mortgage companies in Sioux Falls, those keywords aren't the way to generate leads online and aren't the keywords that the best companies are bidding on is because that's not what people actually search for anymore. What they're actually searching for is, again, those qualification-related questions. 
And so nobody's going to search how much house can I qualify for in South in Sioux Falls, right? Or maybe they maybe they do, and if if they do, we'll be in contention for that. That's fine. But typically, when they're asking those kind of questions, they're asking them from a standpoint of mortgage, like of trying to understand better, like the qualifications for getting a mortgage, and not necessarily wanting to talk to a loan officer that's directly in their locale. Hmm. Interesting. Um, do you think that changes for a real estate agent, for example, like real estate agent near me? Yeah, I do. I, I well, and I don't think, and honestly, your your PPC campaigns for real estate are not are not typically going to be oriented around real estate agent near me. Um, a lot of the times, that's going to stem from people uh, homes for sale near me, and then inquiring through an IDX site or a Zillow or something like that, and ultimately becoming a lead for that reason. I think that the search, the trend in searches exists on the real estate side as it does on the mortgage side, where people don't necessarily search for a real estate agent to talk to. They search for real estate related searches and then get intercepted and a quality salesperson converts them into ultimately being a deal for them. All right. So this is, here's a self-serving question. Um, I like to occasionally play around with these keyword research tools. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I know the Google got one and all that kind of stuff, but one that I like, I think lately anyways, is uh, Neil Patel's Uber suggest. I don't know if you've seen that, but yeah. So I just happen to type in right here, like homes for sale near me. And so this has obviously got search volume for, I think the last 30 days or something. Um, but how can my, you know, me as a listener, as a loan officer, if I want to, even if I'm producing content, right, I want to maybe get some, who knows, show up in, you know, local content or whatever. How can I better understand how to, the search term thing, how can I better understand the types of content or things that people are looking for so that I can, let's just say, produce content. Um, around those things that are searched more often. Yeah, I think I mean I think your keyword research tools are going to be solid, but but what they're not going to encompass is those one-off searches that we talked about. So right. really, I mean this for for it's tough for us to say because or it's tough for me to say because we found it like we figured this out almost on accident, right? What what happened was I like I didn't necessarily understand when I first built my first Google Ads campaign as a loan officer three years ago. I didn't necessarily understand the difference between broad match, phrase match, and exact match, which we won't necessarily dive into, but basically it determines the level at which the search has to match what you're bidding on. I didn't understand that. So all of my keywords were broad match. Well, it wasn't until a couple months down the road that I realized holy crap, the keywords that I'm bidding on are not necessarily what they're searching for. They're just categorizations of the searches. So I found this function within Google called search terms. And then that's where it told me exactly what people are searching for. And the only reason that we know so much about search behavior is three years of data pouring in, pouring over those results. Like I said, it, it, like I tried the keyword search tools. I, I tried specifically Google's keyword planner. Um, I don't know. Three years ago, I don't, I don't, I didn't know of Neil Patel, so I didn't try that, but there's another, uh, I think WordStream has one or something. Yeah. There were a couple, a couple keyword research tools that I used mm-hmm. and those keyword research tools didn't really help me uh, help us help me and help our company arrive at the conclusions that we've arrived at mm-hmm. through three years of, of data. I would, would say just more than anything, just understand, understanding the age we're in. I think that this conversation alone for a loan officer that's interested in this, if you really take this conversation to heart and don't brush it off as just a podcast conversation, if you're interested in targeting through SEO or PPC and you really listen to what we're saying here and, and how people search on Google and the fact that if somebody wakes up in the morning and they're bleeding from the ears, they no longer search for the closest doctor to talk to. They type their symptom in the WebMD and try and get WebMD to tell them what's wrong with them. If you truly internalize that, then you'll start to understand um, what it is, the, the kind of content that you should be producing or the kind of ads that you should be running. Hmm. How do you address the, the perception? Maybe it's my perception. Maybe it's based on um, uh, just kind of general noise out there that succeeding with Google PPC is expensive. I mean, results. That's the only way we've been able to do it up to this point. I mean, it's, uh, we, I mean, we can show, we typically on a demonstration, if we've got somebody that says, Hey, I was told that this, you know, that you can't do this unless, uh, you have this much to invest. I mean, there was a book that was released a couple years ago that was really fam- like really popular among people that were marketing and mortgage, um, that said specifically like outright, um, if you don't have at least $3,000 a month in Google PPC, don't bother. Um, 
I mean, the best thing that, that we can do, I mean, I started this system on 700 bucks a month and, and our minimum recommended ad spend for our clients is 750 a month. And for that, they expect to receive 75 to 100 leads. So the best thing that I can say is results. I mean, as far as understanding the why behind the results, um, I would just I would just backpedal a little bit to some of the things that we've talked about earlier earlier in the call. The fact that um, Google doesn't necessarily want to pander to the highest bidder, um, search volume and not the number of bidders for a keyword is going to drive the cost more. So um, where we just I, I just did a demonstration with a couple of loan officers out of a major mortgage uh, major mortgage company that you're very familiar with. Uh, just had a call with them and they showed me their Google ads account and they were paying an average of like $6.50 to 7 bucks a click. Um, we've got loan officers that have been with us for four or five months that have never have never had a 30-day period where they paid more than that per lead. Um, so our average cost per click is going to sit somewhere around the buck $1.50, buck $1.60 category um, and and Google does not have like a minimum threshold as far as how much you have to spend to be able to get those kind of results so that's, that's the best that I could do other than other than you know showing showing the results because it's you know lip service is lip service you know what I mean sure well and I would add to that too guys you know I've always heard the expression from a famous uh, mortgage coach that we're not selling pencils here right so if uh, you know, if, if we close a mortgage loan and, and we've got five thousand dollars that we netted for revenue, and you look at what we spent to drive that business in the door, I mean, you can take some time and, and kind of fine tune things. But after ninety days, I mean, with Michael, it was, hey, we've closed X, we spent Y, we should keep doing this. And that's you know, ultimately, I think it's hard to want to invest money, you know, especially going into maybe the perceived slower time of year or you know, you're already too busy. You don't have time to do, you know, this much more, but if you look at what you can spend and what, what it could net you at the end and those numbers make sense. And I go back to knowing your numbers because I'm guilty of this as well. We spent, you know, a ton of, of, of uh, funds on other avenues. And at the end of the day, we broke even, well, nobody wins in that scenario. So just echoing, I guess what Michael said, if, if you look at what you spend, what you close, say 90 days in, us, it was a no-brainer, but it's going to be a little different for everyone. Every market's going to be a little different. So yeah. tracking that, I can't emphasize that enough, is is a big key to it. So. Can you tell us a little bit about the process? Uh, I mean, I'm pretty familiar with how it works on Facebook in terms of somebody click, clicking on an ad, right? The channels or the, the funnel they go through on that. Does it differ at all on using Google? Not much, to be honest with you. I mean, it's gonna like you. the The big difference is gonna be um, that your that your ads are going to look like native search results. So when you search on Google, you're gonna see, you know, typically you'll see three to five at the top of the page that have a little. The only identifiers that they say the word ad next to it. Right. So those are what we would call native ads. Um, that's that's going to be the key difference, in my opinion, is is that they're native within the search results that they're already pouring through. Uh, outside of that, you're going to click on, you know, just like anything else or just like any other channel, they're going to click on that ad uh, and then they're going to go to a landing page. And then from that landing page, we're going to pull them through a lead form, redirect them to a thank you page and dump the dump the lead into an automated follow-up system. So I think it's pretty similar other than uh, on Facebook, you do have that lead ad functionality and Google is starting to roll this out too. I'm not sure how effective it's going to be. I, I honestly won't dabble with it until we see some bigger players dabbling with it. Um, but on Facebook, you have that option where if somebody clicks on the call to action, instead of taking them to a landing page, it like pre-fills their information name, email address, phone number, whatever, um, which again, is, it sounds great as far as driving your cost per lead down, but it just removes an extra layer of intent that we kind of want those leads to have in order to, in order to quantify it as a good lead. Uh, so speaking of that, are you then purposely driving people through, you know, kind of that questionnaire lead, lead funnel process where you ask them several questions, which is kind of like an intent qualifier process for you? Yes. Yeah, exactly. And, and, uh, I mean, there's a couple different reasons that we do that, but the number one reason is going to be because we've identified that all of the companies that are really good at this on a high level are doing it. And so yeah, we just, you right. know, we're just going to do our best to model what they're doing. Yeah. That's what the big boys are doing. Exactly. Um, so then the post, uh, opt in, if you will, ad click process, uh, involves the multiple mediums like it would on Facebook, right? You're going to be texting people, putting a call in the cycle at some point, emailing, and then, you know, most of that's going to be automated, but obviously, um, some of the outbound might, might be just what, picking up the phone or have you automated all that, Brent? 
we've automated it all. I know talking to Michael, there's clients of his that have, you know, pounded the phones and they're, they're probably getting a higher uh, pull through rate for us and what we're doing. Um, we wanted to automate as much of it as we can. So we are uh, really not corresponding with these leads unless they're uh, reaching out and, and talking to us. So I would say the majority of them, um, probably 90%, if I had to guess, would respond via text. Uh, I get quite a few emails as well. Um, that's probably 80% text, 10% email, 10% phone call as far as response. You, you yeah. mentioned video earlier. How are you delivering those videos in that touch process? So I use uh, BombBomb and uh, a lot of it goes out automatically via text. Oh, okay. So it's a text BombBomb, not an email. Right. And then okay. uh, if I need to customize something for them a little bit, rather than exchanging emails, I'll do a quick video and just walk them through mm. you know, basically what they spelled out on their form. Hey, you're looking to buy a you know $300,000 home. You're a first time home buyer. That's great. It's like, you've got 5% to put down, you know, credit scores look great. And I, I, you know, it just, giving them a little bit of a personalized attention, which takes me maybe a minute and then, uh, you know, taking the conversation from there. So, so obviously there's a CRM involved here, right, Michael? And I'm just curious, are you, do you guys have your own that you use or you, or, and maybe Brent, you have your own, or how does that work in terms of clients? Can they use plus, you know, pretty much every, any CRM? Yeah. So this, this was my only, only hesitancy about bringing Brent on the show is that Brent doesn't, <laughs> Brent doesn't our leverage, doesn't leverage our, no, the only one I promise. Um, but no, it was, uh, Brent doesn't leverage the CRM that we use Brent, but Brent also, uh, has been spending a lot of money on this for a long time. Um, and is a, is a happy returning customer when he, when we first started, we did not have our systems dialed into the level that we do now. Um, so it, so it's just always made sense for Brent to stick with what he's doing. He still is doing all the channels that we're doing. Um, we just have our, we just use a white label version of an agency software um, where it makes it really, really easy for us to toggle between our clients as well as um, it's really, really easy for our clients who have, who have zero technology background um, to manage and view all of the leads and all the interactions within the same place. So the toggling is important because of the one-on-one coaching that we provide for our clients that to, to help them move the needle on their conversion rates. If, if we have, you know, we have 65 loan officers across the country that are working the same system and 64 of them are all using the same CRM. Thanks, Brent. Um, no, I'm just kidding. 64 of them are, are all using the same CRM. Um, we're, what we're able to do is we're able to identify those loan officers that are converting at a high level and look at what it is that's going on and, and how they're conversing. And, um, and depending on their settings, we could even listen on their uh, listening in on some of their phone calls and and provide some coaching and feedback for the loan officers that maybe aren't converting as well or didn't have any experience coming into it. Um, so yeah, we use a white label uh, version of an agency software. I won't even drop the name of the agency software just because it's uh, it's only available to agencies. Um, we brand ours as Empower Contact. There's there's a few other agencies out there that have something very very similar or the same. Um, but the point is, is it just needs to be a place where uh, not only can you manage the uh, the initial interaction, that automated follow-up, but also being able to track that lead through the pipeline at the point that that lead has engaged and having a really easy place to see what all those conversations have looked like um, and then ultimately where they went uh, in, in the pipeline and whether or not they closed. Wow. I built a pretty strong case for his CRM there, Brent. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's awesome. Um, okay. So what, what's your general, we've got to wrap this up here for sake of time. I know you guys are busy, but um, for those that, you know, are evaluating or considering um, any like things that they need to be aware of uh, and ter- how does, how does a loan officer know whether or not they're ready to test out Google ads? I think, I think, uh, <laughs> I don't think any loan officer really should be test, should be playing with it themselves. I mean, we do have a free resource on our website, um, the three steps to Google ads. It's about as black and white as you can get as far as, Hey, here's how you could build this, build this out yourself and dabble with it yourself. Problem is, is just, you can spend so much energy and time doing that and not necessarily save any money at the point that you now have to dial in those ads and you're spending 20 bucks a lead instead of seven bucks a lead up front, that sort of thing. So I think, I think there's a monetary, there's a monetary side of it. You have to be prepared to spend five to $800 per closed loan. And you should probably be prepared to invest 
that much time, like times three on a monthly basis. So you should probably be prepared to invest 1500 to two grand a month. That's not because you can't do less than that on Google ads, but that's because I got to, I, I, we have to make some money too, obviously. So it's, you know, a combination of those two things. Um, so that would be one thing. That's the monetary side of it. Um, but on the flip side of that, like you just, in my opinion, you have to have the mindset very similar to what Brent had when he was talking about earlier, where he just wanted to, he just wanted a system where it was money in and money out. He didn't necessarily have a perfect bit like this crystal clear vision of exactly what he wanted his business to look like and exactly what mark what percentage of his business he wanted from what marketing channels. He just knew that if he that he wanted to be able to find a marketing channel where if I invest this much and this much time, I can expect to see this out the end. The reason that's important is because our best clients are going to be very, very coachable. Our best clients are going to understand that a realtor referral is not going to convert anywhere near the same way as an internet lead. We, we do things like secret shopping, the biggest consumer direct mortgage companies out there to identify what are the best practices for converting leads. And, and if you're talking about fielding a referral from a real estate agent versus working that internet lead, those two strategies are going to be entirely different. So uh, the loan officer has to be coachable and understand that the way that they've worked the business up to this point and the way that they've worked leads up to this point may not align with the best practices for converting the leads. And so um, if you can, if you're ready to let go of whatever you feel like those best practices are, whatever you feel like you want your business to look like and just plug into a system, um, that's what I would say is, is what ultimately determines our, our best fit um, for us specifically um, oh. on the, Oh, go ahead. Sorry. To say, I'll add to that too. You know, we're we're talking. Um, you know, Michael saying maybe two to three percent. Uh, you know, close ratio of a hundred leads. So that means you've got to be prepared for things like you know Mickey Mouse at Yahoo.com. Uh, people telling you to get lost, or you know, worse than that. Uh, you've got to expect that if you've got a hundred leads, you might only get applications on say twenty or thirty of them. And maybe only two or three of them close, but if you've got it where they're reaching out to you and you're just filtering through these, that two or three loans at the end of the month is a lot better than zero and, you know, basically doing, uh, doing nothing, I guess is what I'm saying. So. Yeah, well, you said something early on that I, I happened to catch. I didn't kind of highlight it there, but if I heard you correctly, this is just one of your pillars of business. You obviously, you still work with real estate agents, right? Oh, definitely. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, if you're going to rely on this solely, I, I never think you should put all your eggs into one, you know, one bucket. Right. So having these leads to be able to hand out to agents, that's huge. Um, right. You know, we're not at a, a retail bank where we've got you know customers walking in the door that need a mortgage. So yep. we had to figure out other ways that we can generate uh, business that we can refer out. So that's been huge. And then obviously the, you know, the lifetime value of a customer, you could figure that out. Somebody way smarter than me could do that, but that all plays into it. And it's all, you know, positive ROI that you add on top of what you're seeing in the first 90 days. And Michael, real quickly, so your point about the difference between a realtor lead or realtor referral and an online one, I'm I'm, I'm, kind of reading between the lines there, but I think what you're saying is that I'll just, in in simple terms, it's easier to convert the referral than it is the online lead. Oh yeah. 100%. I mean, I like it. If, um, it's the difference. It's the difference, honestly, between being uh, an, an order taker and being a salesperson. Uh, in the context of the leads, obviously, in order to get those realtor referrals, you have to have been a salesperson with that realtor. But selling to a realtor and selling to somebody you've never met that inquired on the internet that was just looking to get some questions answered online, and they're just two completely different ball games. And so that's why uh, that's why we do everything we can to control as many variables as possible and provide yeah. that. That's a good point. Good point. Two different skill sets. Love it. All right. Well, listen, gentlemen, I know you're busy, so let's wrap it up this way. Uh, for each of you, I'll start with you, Brent, in terms of if anybody wants to connect with you, uh, where should we send them to connect with you if they choose to? Yeah, definitely. So um, we're basically, uh, we're licensed in five states in the Midwest. We're looking to grow that uh, in the next couple of years here. So uh, if you're a loan officer and you would like to uh, talk about the broker channel and uh, maybe having some leads provided for you, like we talked about today, uh, we'd love to have a, a conversation. Uh, I can give you my you know, input and feedback on the system. Um, I'd love to answer any questions. And if it uh, makes sense to talk further you know, on what we're doing, we'd love to do that. Um, I'll give you my cell phone here and then uh, feel free to, to hook up with me online as well. But uh, 605-400-9541. And uh, feel free to, to text or call me anytime. So. And what, what about an online place? You want a website, email? Uh, you can hit up our, our company website. It's sodakhomeloans.com. 
Okay. And there's a spot there where you can connect with me as well. So. Got it. So dotcomloans.com. Cool. We'll put that in the show notes. And Michael, how about for those who want to check out Empower Funnels and what you're doing? Yeah, come on, check out our website. Um, the, the call to action is going to be to schedule a live demonstration. That's the best way for you to check out what we do. Um, either myself or one of our conversion specialists will walk you through exactly what we do, how we do it. If nothing else, you'll leave much more educated than you came on, hopefully. Um, that's empowerfunnels.com. You can always email me directly at michael at empowerfunnels.com if you have any questions. Um, Best phone number to reach me at my cell, 208-278-2630. Make sure as you're booking these demos that you're you're mentioning Jeff's podcast, though. We've got a special treat for you. So, uh, Cool. Yeah. It is the season. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. (laughs) Awesome. All right. Well, listen, I appreciate you guys uh, educating us today. And I learned a lot in terms of like Google and, you know, took some of the mystery out of it. And I think it definitely, to your point about, look, if it's the right time for you and your business, you've got like the you know budget to invest. And I mean, do mean invest and put at least minimum 90 days in, into that. Um, it's worthy to, to test it out as another pillar of your business. So appreciate you guys both being here. Thanks, yeah, thanks You bet. And listeners, as always, you know what to do. If you like this episode or any of the others, hey, leave us a little love, uh, give us a review on the podcast and uh, we'll see you on the next one. Bye for now. Thanks for listening to Mortgage Marketing Radio. Want more truth in mortgage marketing? Get more free training and resources at MortgageMarketingInstitute.com. Hey guys, what's up? Real quick, uh, you've heard about the Mortgage Marketing Pro membership before, and I just want to quickly remind you if that you're in a place in your business where you simply need more purchase loans, you need to fill your pipeline with purchase business, let's just face it, agents are still a solid pillar of business and sources of purchase business for you. Well, good news. Our Mortgage Marketing Pro membership helps loan officers like you close more loans without the hassle of chasing agents or cold calling. Done for you agent classes, expert training videos, a marketing automation platform that automates the entire process for you, everything you need to build your personal brand in your local market, attract and convert agents into referral partners, plus done for you proven marketing materials and plug and play content to make promoting your class, getting agents, butts and seats, partnering with affiliates real easy. But that's not all. You'll also get access to our weekly mastermind calls with top LOs, authors, speakers, and coaches to learn the best strategies to grow your business right now in today's market. And as an extra bonus for a limited time, for all new members, you'll get access to a database of 200 agents in your local market that have closed anywhere to, from eight to 50 transactions in the last 12 months. And we'll provide that list uploaded into our platform for you so you can get off to a fast start in reaching actually productive agents. So what are you waiting for? You can check out more at mortgagemarketing.pro, see more of the success stories there. And if you feel compelled to do so, book a call. We'll have a chat. We'll see if it's a fit. Don't miss out on this opportunity to take your mortgage business to the next level right now. Head over to mortgagemarketing.pro.